celebrate. I want all of our campuses to welcome everyone right now with a hand clap. Can we do that? And welcome all the campuses that are watching on video. And I say all the campuses, and here's why, because this weekend, uh, Apple Valley Campus will also be watching on video, and they're part of that process as well. And I got to say this, I love multi-site. I love what God is doing through the technology. I love the ability that we have to continue to grow, reach out, uh, expand, uh, reach more people. And I really love that we don't have to do like a $38 million building program in order to grow. How many excited about that, right? You know, so we can just continue to grow and do things all around the metro area and reach more people. So it's an amazing thing and I love it. So we are in a series and we're talking about God was here. We're looking at those holy moments moments where God breaks in and speaks to us, does something miraculous, uh, just an amazing moment that's so special that we, we almost have a, like a marking moment where it's so unique. It's just amazing. God's presence is so strong. And today I want to talk about hearing the voice of God, just clearly hearing him speak to us because I believe that God wants to speak to us. I believe he wants to break in on our life, and I believe he wants to speak to us, and we can hear him, and they're those holy moments, they're, they're special to us. And uh, in my own life, I've had another one of those moments where I want to share with you, I was 15 years old, I was in Merritt Island, Florida, I was getting ready to go on a global team, and I was sitting there doing my devotions, and in the moment of just uh, heat and humidity and just doing the devotions, I just felt God very clearly, very clearly say, this is the first of many trips you're going on. You're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a pastor. And I can just remember crying and just so clear that it was a holy moment. I mean, it was like the presence of God was so strong. I couldn't shake it. It was so unreal. And it was just, it's almost like I can go back there right now to that spot because I heard God speak to me. It was amazing. And so I, I know that God speaks to us because he spoke to me. So I know that he speaks to us in everyday normal things as well. It doesn't always have to be, here it is, you're called into the ministry. God speaks to us and he breaks in and speaks to us in just normal things by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you another place that, special spot for me. Every time I drive by there, I think, God spoke to me. I was going on 494, and it was right uh, where 494 goes under Cedar Avenue, 77, right there in Bloomington. So you probably know the spot. So I'm driving on 494, and I'm following a truck that has a snowmobile trailer behind it, and there's some brand new snowmobiles on there. So I am following this truck with the trailer with the snowmobiles, and I'm just like, oh, if I could ever have a snowmobile, look at those. Those are beautiful, and I'm just totally enjoying it. And as I'm sitting there following this truck with the trailer, as clear as I can just say that I heard the voice of God, I heard, get around this truck now. And I was like, oh, so I mean, it's just like God spoke to me. Get around this truck now. And so I went to the other lane, and I went past, and I thought, wow, God must really not want me envying after those snowmobiles, you know, like, okay. And as I get past the truck, as soon as I get past the truck, the trailer that was hauling the snowmobiles bust loose from the truck and snowmobiles go flying all across the freeway. And I was right there behind him until moments before that. And all of a sudden, and I yell it back. I'm like, look back there, look back there. You will not believe this is what God told me to do. Amazing. How many know that you want to hear God's voice, you know? In a moment like that, I'm like, God, just keep me safe. Whatever I need to do. I don't need a snowmobile. Maybe a jet ski. Okay, but, you know. God spoke to me. And every time I drive by that spot, I'm like, 
amazing. I really felt God speak to me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that for some people, you're like, I I don't know if I've heard that. Some of you say, I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. I've heard God speak to me. Some of you came up to me after church even, you know, in the last week, you said, hey, we heard God speak. We heard God speak. One family said, our daughter is a result of God speaking to us. We were on vacation, 4.30 in the morning. God woke us up very clearly and said, you will adopt a daughter. And they said, well, you know, we've, we've got grown daughters, Lord. We've got grown daughters that we're looking forward to those days when they're all gone, you know, hallelujah. And he said, you will adopt a daughter. And they said, it was so clear. It was God. He just spoke to them. And they said, she's our daughter. She's our daughter. That was our miracle that God spoke to us. And I believe some of you had that. You've had those experiences. You know that. Yet there's others of you, you say, I've been praying. God, speak to me. Speak to me. You're like the junior high guy this week. I spoke in the youth group. Actually, I didn't speak. I didn't, I didn't say any words at all. I did youth group this week. We put a big screen up there, projector, and we hooked it into a laptop. And when they introduced me for youth group, I started typing. Never said one word. I just typed it. I talked about in the silence, let's hear God. God wants to speak to you in the silence. And you guys are too plugged in in this generation. You need to unplug a little and let God speak to you. Maybe you're like the junior high boy that texted me. And and can I say this? I gave my cell phone to everyone in the youth group. I gave my cell phone number to every single one of them. And I said, text me. And so far, it has been amazing. I've received over 100 texts from the youth group, and they've been texting me and asking for prayer and dialoguing back and forth. And some people didn't think it was a good idea. So far, I think it's pretty amazing, but it's only been four days. Okay, so, <laughs> but I love it so far. And uh, he texted me, and he said, Pastor Rob, I asked God to speak to me like you said. I asked him to speak to me, and I heard nothing. And he said, is there something wrong with me? Maybe you can identify with that. There's something wrong with me. I mean, all these other people are hearing things. Adopt a baby, pass the snowmobiles, you're called into ministry, and I'm just here and I got nothing. And I said, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. I want to tell you this. God breaks in just in, in unexplained times. It's, it's not planned even. And you, you just basically need to get into the ready position so that when he's speaking to you, you're ready to receive it. It's like when I was a coach of t-ball. I used to say, just get in the ready position. The ball might come to you, okay? Look like you're ready, you know? You just have to be ready, and God will speak to you. And it's just in those unplanned promptings, if you will, where God speaks to you, and he, and he says to do something. And it's usually not long. It's usually short. And he has an unplanned prompting, and he just speaks to you. And I want to tell you that... Um, As I'm trying to explain this to you, I want to make it very clear that it's like a thought, okay? I want to explain this very clear like I would almost for, if I was talking to Connor and Logan, I was trying to talk to our two boys and say, here's how God speaks to me. I was trying to explain it. I'm trying to explain it to you very clearly. He speaks to you in a thought. He speaks to you in an impression. He speaks to you in a feeling that you're having. He speaks to you as you're reading God's word and all of a sudden something just pops up and you can't shake it and there's a supernatural component to it, okay? And it's just this moment that you feel God. It sounds like your conscience is the best thing I could say, but it's not. It's God speaking to you in an unplanned prompting moment there. 
There's a scripture in Isaiah. You don't have to turn there, but we'll put it on the screen. Isaiah 30, verse 21. And I love the way that God says this here. He says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I think that's kind of a a, a good explanation of a way. There's almost like a voice saying, that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. You're doing the right thing. And it's a prompting of the Holy Spirit that happens. Now, I do believe that God speaks to us audibly. Now, I've never experienced that, okay? But I have at least one friend that I truly believe has heard God audibly. I truly believe it. He's a friend of mine. He's a pastor. He was in Greece. He was going to kill himself. And he was standing on a cliff. And he said, God, if you're real, you have to speak to me. And in that moment, he said he heard an audible voice saying, don't kill yourself, serve me. And he trembled and fell to his knees, went back into town, found someone that could tell him about Jesus, was led to a personal relationship in Jesus Christ, and now is a pastor. I believe that guy heard from God. And when he shares that with me, I believe that God spoke audibly to him, okay? So I believe that does happen. Never happened to me, but I still believe that that can happen and that God still does that. Now we're going to look at a story where God spoke to someone audibly. And I want to grab some principles here that can help us in hearing God. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and don't get all distracted on that it was an audible voice. Listen to the principles here that God's speaking of how to hear him and some of the things that were going on, all right? So 1 Samuel chapter 3, and as you're turning there, I'll kind of set the stage. Samuel was a young man that was serving a a priest by the name of Eli. Eli was an old man. The Bible says he was overweight. The Bible says that he couldn't see very well. The Bible basically says he was an enabling parent and allowing his children to do wrong. His children were priests. They were supposed to do holy things, and instead they were living unholy. Okay, so this is what's going on in this time. Samuel is a miracle baby because his mom desperately wanted a baby, and she prayed for God to give her a baby, and he did. And she said, God, if you give me a baby, I will dedicate that baby to you, and that baby will come and serve you and serve the priest, and I will dedicate him to you. And that's exactly what happened. So Samuel is here. He's about 12 years old, and he's serving Eli. He's a miracle baby, serving Eli there, and just serving faithfully, serving Eli, serving God. And that's where we pick up the text. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times. Samuel, 
Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it to tingle. So here it is, in this moment, he is trying to follow God. He's trying to serve God. And in this moment, God speaks to him. And I want to point out a couple things here, some observations as I read this passage. And here's something so clear of God speaking to someone. First thing is this, he was young, he was a young boy. And I want to say this, I don't care how old you are, God can speak to you. If you're seven or four or 74 or whatever, God can speak to you. And I think sometimes we expect too little from our kids. We kind of brush them off like, well, I don't know if that was God. Go back to bed, you know. And instead, we should be listening. God could be speaking to our young children. So let's not expect so little from them because God called a young man to do it. And I think it's a pretty cool thing. And we should all be listening no matter how old we are. There's an interesting thing here. It says it was a silent time. There wasn't uh, really a word of the Lord going on. A lot of people weren't hearing God. Well, one of the things that I think that was going on in this time was the people of God were wandering away from God and their rebellion and their sin was clouding their ability to hear God. And we're going to talk about that in the fourth week of this series about things that can help us to hear God better. Because in, in this case, I believe the sin that was going on was clouding the hearing of people and they couldn't hear God. Hophni and Phinehas were supposed to be following their father and being men of God, serving in the temple, in the, in the place of worship and serving there. And instead, they were stealing from the things of God, stealing what belonged to the Lord and taking it for themselves. They were also dishonoring the name of God. They were also committing adultery with women that were sent there to serve the Lord. So imagine this. Parents are sending their little daughters to the temple to go and serve. And Hophni and Phinehas are supposed to be men of God. But instead they're seducing these young girls and sleeping with them. You can imagine how angry God would be. Because if an earthly father would be angry that they were doing that. You can imagine what a heavenly father would be thinking about what's going on in this community. So there's not a, a voice of the Lord going on. There's not a word of the Lord because there's a rebellion going on. And Eli's an enabling father. And he's really not correcting his sons. So it's silent. Samuel, the Bible says, hasn't heard the voice of God yet. He doesn't know the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this. Some of you are like, God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't speak to me. He never speaks to me. Let me just ask you this. Do you know him as your Lord and personal Savior? If you just play religion, if you just go to church, if it's just a religious formality, check the box. It's not a personal relationship with God. You're not going to hear him. The only thing you're going to be hearing is give your life to Jesus. Repent of your sins. That's the call you're going to be hearing. But if you're wondering, I don't hear him ever. I've tried and I've never heard anything. You know, it's a personal relationship with God. And we serve a God that wants to be known that's relational. He is relational, and he will speak to you. And if you're not hearing, just ask yourself, do I know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, or am I going through religious motions? Because when you know him, I believe he will speak to you. Again, it will be unexpected times. It won't be every moment, but there will be a relationship that's going on between you and God. So Samuel hadn't heard the, uh, the voice of God yet, and there's a, a scripture that Jesus said in John 10 that I have here. It says, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. And Jesus says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. We hear his voice, we know him, we follow him. Okay? So it's something that you should just grab hold of. So Samuel goes to Eli, and as you know, I like to 
put myself in the text and I try to figure it out. I try to soak it up and think like, I, I try to put some human, humanness on it. Does that make sense? And I'm wondering like, Eli must have been a nice guy when you woke him up from sleep. That's what I'm thinking. Because he woke him up multiple times. You know, hey Eli, did you call me? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Hey Eli, did you call me? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Hey Eli, how many know that I, you don't have that patience right there? Because I'll tell you this, one confession, I am angry when you wake me up from sleep. <laughs> Becca will wake me up, honey, I had a dream. And I'm like, wah, wah, wah. and she's like, you're so mean. You know, I'm like, I was sleeping. Matter of fact, we did a guys weekend. We, some of the guys from church, we went to a, a golf tournament in Arizona. And we stayed at someone's house in the church. And we all had our own room. And in the middle of the night, one of the guys got up to use the bathroom and uh, forgot which room was his. You know, he's like, I think it's that one. And he comes walking into my room. And I jumped up sound from sleep. And I just go, what are you doing in here? And he's like, ah! You know. And in the morning, I had to counsel him. Like, I'm not normally like that. Not really. True. True story. But Eli, I'm just thinking, this guy's nice when he wakes up. He's nice, and he says, you know, I'll go back to bed, go back to bed. Okay, he's also slow because it takes him a couple times to figure out, it's not me, it's God, you know. And so he gives Samuel great advice, and I love it. He just says, just go back to bed, and if he calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is ready to listen. Great advice. It's the same advice I gave that junior high boy who said, am I hearing God? Listen, he'll speak to you. If he speaks, be ready. Just go back to normal life. Go back to doing the things you know. Go back to doing the obedience things you know to do. And when God breaks in and speaks to you, be ready to obey. Key point there. Be ready to obey. God doesn't speak to us so we can evaluate what he says. We're like, speak to us, Lord, so we can kind of decide whether or not we want to. Uh-uh. Speak to us, Lord. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to obey. And when God speaks to us, we better be ready to listen and obey. And sometimes he's going to call us to do things that we uh, weren't planning to do. They're going to be outside our comfort zone. They're going to be things that you're going to wonder if it's God or not. That nudge, that holy moment, that thing that happens. And you're going to have to obey. Because when he speaks and he breaks in, It's important. You better listen. You better listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So now some of us are probably thinking like, Lord, speak to us tonight. Everybody in the church, like, speak to us, Lord. Everyone except for Pastor Rob, don't wake him up. Leave him alone, you know. But I'm telling you what, God will give us guidance. God will give us guidance. God will give us holy moments. We'll hear his voice clear if we're ready. I think we need to be expecting God to speak to us. So let me just help you in just a few things, if I could, to help you to understand when God is speaking to you, okay? Um, First thing I just want to say, some of these things I got from a great book, and I want to just plug it for a minute. Uh, Bill Hybels wrote a a book called The Power of a Whisper. just came out recently. I was already preparing this sermon last summer, kind of planning ahead for this moment, and then I heard he had the book, and I read it, and I was like, yeah, I like that, like that, like that. And some of these things I got from there, some of these things I already knew, but I want to say if you want further reading on how to hear the voice of God, great recommendation of that book, all right? So, First of all, I want to tell you this about hearing God. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it complicated. Expect God to answer. God is relational. He's going to communicate to you. Be in the ready position. And just don't make it complicated. 
Another thing that I could take from the story with Eli and with Samuel is I think God's voice is normal. Okay? Because Samuel didn't go, Ah! Who was yelling that? With reverb and real deep! Who, you know what I mean? He wasn't doing that. And he wasn't like, it was like a robotic voice! You know, he wasn't like, all right? So God's voice is normal. Expect it to not be complicated, okay? It's normal. All right? Another thing in this, if you're wondering if it's God, test it to see if it's God. There's some tests that you could do to see if it's God. You sometimes say, is it a good idea? Is it a God idea? Which is it? I'm not sure which it is. You know, if it's major, really test this. I mean, some people say, like, I don't know. God was asking me if I should give 20 or 30 this week. 20 or 30. I'm like, you know, go with 30. Take a risk. You know what I mean? It's, not, it's a good idea. You know, you see what I'm saying? But if somebody's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to sell everything and go to Thailand. I'm just trying to figure that one out. I'm like, well, let's test that one out, okay? It's a bigger thing, all right? So you can test it out. And one of the tests that you should apply is, is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? Is the voice that you're hearing, is the feeling, is the thought, is the unplanned just moment there that you feel this holiness, this moment speaking to you, God is speaking to you, is it scriptural? Because I've had people come into my office, true, this is not made up. God told us we're supposed to get a divorce and marry someone else. And I'm like, eh, that wasn't God's voice. It wasn't God's voice. They're like, yes, it was. We really do. We really, we both agree on this. No, it was. It doesn't line up with God's word. It's not God's voice that you heard. Okay? It was a strange voice, but it wasn't God's voice. Okay? Like, but we feel really good. No, it doesn't matter about that. We got to line it up with God's word, and we're not going with that one. All right? So we're going to say, is it scriptural? Is it line up? Another thing is, is it wise? Is it wise? Is it wise where there's just kind of a general wisdom in this? Is it wise? Now, I'll say this, because some of the things God calls us to do in the natural don't look very wise, right? Move to Swaziland. Sell everything you got. Doesn't look very wise. But here I want to say this. In those big things like that, I believe God confirms it with other things. You get one that shakes you up. You're like, this is major. Was that God? And all of a sudden, other things fall into place. And he keeps confirming what he said. Okay? So, so you can ask yourself, is it wise? Is it wise? And I had one person say, you know, Pastor Rob, I felt God tell me I'm supposed to marry this guy. And I said, that's great. When are you signing up for a pre-marriage class? She goes, oh, no, we're not. We felt God say Vegas. I was like, eh. Next week. I'm like, eh. You know? So I talked to her. I said, let's meet. And we talked. I said, I don't think that was God's voice. I mean, he might be the guy, but um, I'm thinking God's saying, slow down. Wait, let's go through the right thing. She said, no, I can't believe you're not in, excited about this. We feel it was God that spoke to us to do this. And they went to Vegas, left the church. They were mad at me. Year later, I saw her. She was divorced. She said, he wasn't who I thought he was. I probably should have listened to you. Uh, that really wasn't God, you know? And I'm just saying, it wasn't wise what you were doing. It wasn't wise what you were doing, so run it through that filter. God, is it scriptural? Is it wise? And if it's, if it's something for you, but it doesn't look wise, let's look at other things. With that, I would say this. What do others around you, spiritual authority, say about that decision? What do people that you've submitted to, and you're in submission, you're like, that's my pastor, that's my life group leader, that's a mentor of mine, that's a spiritual father in my life, or a spiritual mother in my life. What do my actual parents say? What are people that I respect, what do they say about this? Do they think that it's good? Do they agree with this? You know, I had one young man in my office this week, 
And he said, Pastor Rob, he said, I felt called to youth ministry. I had a great job. It was a church by the ocean, and it was a wonderful opportunity, and everything looked so good, and I just felt like it wasn't God. And so I turned it down, and he goes, I feel like we're called to urban ministry. He goes, I feel like it's got to be urban youth, and I feel like that's the call of God in my life. Does that resonate with you? And I said, I love that you're asking me this. And I said, let me ask you, is your wife in total agreement with this? Do you understand that urban ministry is very different from church on the ocean? There are going to be nights you lay your head on the pillow and you're going to feel really good in ministry, but there's going to be days when you cash that paycheck, you're going to feel really bad. There's going to be days when you can't buy things for your kids, but it's a call. And if it's a call of God, it's the right thing to do. And he said, we're in total agreement with that. We feel it. We want it. I said, man, I'm for it. It resonates with me. I think you've got it. I'm ready to endorse this. It feels good. I have nothing in me that says it's not right. He's all excited. With Pastor Jeff and Christy, when they came to the church and said to the elders, like, this is what we're feeling. The elders, to a person, felt it feels good to us. It feels good. It feels like it's the right call. And, and Jeff, we, we went to eat this week, and he said, I'm still struggling with that, is it wise thing, you know? I'm still kind of praying through that one, you know? And he said, but it's been confirmed with so many other things that it does make sense. And it was confirmed by spiritual people that have spoken into his life and that he respects and he sees it over and over again. And he and Christy just feel like this is a God thing. And it was confirmed. And others around them said, you know what? It's a good thing. And the Bible is full of times like that. The Lord spoke and it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit seemed good to us. We did this. We did this. God spoke. We obeyed it. And it felt good to everybody involved. It's a good thing. And the last thing I'd say is this. Is it in line with the way that you're wired? Is it in line with the way that your character is? Is it in in line with who you are? You're like, I'm going to start a singing ministry. You know, and we're like, no, no, I've stood next to you. (laughs) Yeah. Like even auto-tune is not helping that one. You know, (laughs) praise the Lord. You know. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, we're all gifted differently, okay? And so is it in line with the way you're gifted? And, 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 and there are people that just get, you know, you go on a team and you're thinking, I've got to sell everything. I've got to do global team. I've got to sell it all. And I, I could just share this. One guy was a pilot and he went on a trip and he said, I've got to sell it all. I've got to do this. I can't be a pilot. I've got to be a missionary. I've got to do it. Did it. Went there. Miserable. Wasn't wired that way. And God never called him to do it, but he had just a wanting to do it. And it just was miserable. And he felt like God said, go be a pilot. Go be a pilot. So he rearranged his life so he could live on less, so he could give more to missions. He'd go on a global team more often and do that and say, you know what, this is what I was made for. This is what I was called to do. So when you're wondering, is that God, is it in line with the way you're wired and with your character in who you are? It's just one of those things to ask God and to look for. Ways that we can hear him, ways that we can test it. And in just a couple weeks, we'll talk about ways that we can hear him better, all right? But let me just say this, it all starts with this, it all starts, all these holy moments start with the first thing of follow me. Follow me. God's speaking to you. And you might be here and you might think, no wonder God hasn't spoken to me. I've just been religious. I've just gone to church. I've never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm asking you right now if you're hearing God speaking to you. If you're feeling a tug on your heart right now, that you know that the guilt can be taken care of, that you know that your sins can be forgiven if you'll pray the prayer. You're saying, I, I, I need to hear God. He's been pulling on me. He's been pulling me. He's been just nudging me. And I, I didn't know what that was. That's God. That's God speaking to you. And he's asking you to pray and ask for your sins to be forgiven so that you can be in a personal relationship with him. And then he'll lead and guide you. 
That's what he promises to do. And you're just here, you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm just saying, here and at all of our campuses, I want us to get ready to answer that question. Do we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior? Have we answered that call? Because he gives that call. And he's giving that call even now. I believe it. So if we could bow our heads and close our eyes at this campus and every campus, and if the pastors could get ready to give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm asking you right now, closing prayer. Pastor Rob, I want to be in on this. I'm ready. Your head's bowed. You're thinking, I haven't answered the call, but I've felt the call. I have felt the call from God before, and I'm ready to say yes. I'm asking that right now, in just a moment, you would raise your hand, look up at me. I will acknowledge it. Then you can put your hand down, and I'm going to include you in a closing prayer. You and I are going to pray together. We're going to pray together, and Jesus is going to forgive you of your sins. And so if that's you, you're like, I'm here. This is my moment. I felt the tugging. I'm ready. This is it. Would you do me the favor and raise your hand and look up at me so I could acknowledge that? And I will pray with you as this service closes. You'd raise your hand. You'd say, Pastor Rob, include me in this prayer. Right now, all across this place, you'd put up your hand and you'd say, I'm in. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, your hand is up and I come into agreement. Are there others that would say, I'm in? Yes, way over there. Yes, and way back there. Yes, I come in agreement with you. This is your moment. This is why we're here. Everyone's going to wait for this right now because we have heard God speak to us in a very similar way. And he said, come follow me. And we don't want to miss this moment where God could be speaking to you and saying, this is your moment. This is your moment. I want a personal relationship with you. Are there others that would join these three that have raised their hand? You'd say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is my moment. I'm here. Yes. I come and agree with you. This is your moment. Jesus has been calling and he's going to forgive you. Are there others? You just say, this is it. This is it. Maybe right now you're just totally in turmoil and you're thinking, is this God? Is this God? Is this God? It's God. It's God. Just give in right now and look up and say, I'm in. I'm in. I'd love to include you in this prayer so Jesus Christ could forgive you of your sins. Thank you, Lord. Yes, one more went up. Yes, I'm glad we waited for you. This is God. It's God. He's calling you and he's going to speak to you more. And another went up. Amen. Amen. I'm really glad I waited. I'm really glad. Are there others? You say, I'm in. I'm in. This is my moment. This is it. All right, you can put your hands down, and I want to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray it, and you can repeat after me, and then Jesus promises he will forgive you of your sins, and this will be your moment. From here forward, you're going to be forgiven. Let's pray this, and I'm going to ask those around you to just pray it out loud with you to be a form of encouragement, okay? Let's pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. And all that I've done wrong, I ask for your forgiveness. And I listen to your voice that says, follow me. I will follow you, Lord, and live in this forgiveness for the rest of my life. I believe you paid the price so I could be forgiven. And I receive that. God, I thank you for those that have made that prayer. They've turned from their sins. They've followed that tug. They've followed that pull. And they've said, God, I'm in. And I thank you for that. I pray that they would continue to walk in this relationship with you now. And this first hearing of your voice would just be the start of it. From here forward, they'd be in the ready position following you, hearing your voice clearly, Lord, as you lead and guide them. And I thank you, God, that they have been forgiven, that they responded to the call of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, they would walk in this new faith, Lord Jesus. 
And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap for those six or seven people that did that?